You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. We have a lot of content to get to because the Charlotte Hornets played twice since we talked to you last, and they played tonight against the Houston Rockets. So we'll get to all of that, what LaMelo Ball did, P.J. Washington and his injury, struggling coming back in this game against the Wizards, really the only Hornet that seemed to struggled quite a bit against Washington in this past game this weekend. And Devontae Graham, he's got an injury, and he's going to be out for tonight's game against Houston. How does that affect the rest of the lineup? We'll get to all of that. First, I want to apologize that this podcast is coming out later. This is what it is on Mondays. We're going to have to try to figure out something to get it out early to you like we do for the rest of the week but on Mondays this is what we're dealt right now we appreciate you bearing with us um but nonetheless let's get to the Charlotte Hornets and what they did on Friday nada where they played the Utah Jazz and I think most people understood what it was going against Utah I would hope they've so. been playing yeah th- and <laughs> we definitely not only us you know we weren't the sole bearers of the take that the Utah Jazz are good I mean, that's just what (laughs) any good NBA mind is going to tell you. Utah deserves to be favored in any game against the Charlotte Hornets. And that's how it bared out when that's when you talk about the second quarter, Utah destroyed them in the second quarter. But every other quarter, Charlotte competed nicely. Um, You look at LaMelo Ball, who's the main storyline in this game against Utah. He was awesome. He was uh, 14 of 27 from the field. He hit four of his nine three-pointers that he took. He also had eight assists. And a a thing that I love to see is that zero in the turnover column. Excellent. To not see any mistakes and eight assists on top of his 34 points that he scored. 27 shots from the field. That's nuts, Nada, to have him shoot that many times. But he really took the world by storm once again. Everybody was paying attention to him despite the Utah Jazz winning. And then against the Wizards, I thought he had another good game. He only had one turnover in that one. He had five assists. He was 7 of 17 from the field. He went 50% from beyond the arc. And he ended up with 19 points. Good weekend for LaMelo Ball. Uh, I love to see it, especially when guys like Terry Rozier, he's down with an injury, and even Devontae Graham, he was out of this game against Washington. He'll be out again against Houston tonight. But my God, LaMelo looked very, very good the past two yeah, games. Yeah, he's looked great. And the thing is, like, and I said it over the weekend, I've, I've tapped out. Like, I've said that this conversation is boring before, and I continue to say it, but I just don't know how you keep him out of the starting lineup right now I don't think you can justify it he's played entirely too well to where you can't tell like I I don't know how you tell him yo look kid you're going back to the bench like you you can't he's hitting his threes he's being an efficient player and you can just feel a completely different vibe out there with with Gordon Hayward you can feel it with Cody Zeller who mind you went Godzilla in that first quarter against the Washington <laughs> Wizards so like I I don't know how you justify it like there's a completely different vibe there's a completely different energy I am not one of those that's going to sit in the face of new knowledge and say look 
this is the way it's got to be because X amount, this, that, and the third. There's new information that tells me that LaMelo deserves to start. I am willing to go with the he deserves to start. I was going off everything else, and I was wrong. And I apologize. Now, can y'all please get out of my mentions and say welcome to the party? <laughs> Whoa, the I didn't expect an apology from you today. That's huge. Yeah, yes. I didn't expect that. Yes. I, I'm get, again, everybody's going to get that. Everyone now, can I please get my? Can I get some men, piece of my mentions? That's all I'm asking. Um, you you know better than to ask for that on Twitter.com. Lamelo Ball, you look at him. The last six games that he played, he's played over 30 minutes, and it actually was in between the Knicks game where he played 30 minutes and the second Pacers game where he played 30 minutes. That was about seven games in between when he didn't reach that mark. And again, he's played 30 every single time since then. You look at the last three games, Nada. He's been shooting shooting a lot of field goals. He's got 16 against Philadelphia. He shot 27 against Utah. He shot 17 against Washington. So he's looking for a shot and he's firing from deep quite a bit. He's shooting 48% on 6.3 attempts from the perimeter per game in the last four contests that he's played. And another thing that I really like from LaMelo It's not that he's going to the foul line a ton. You had those two games against Milwaukee and Miami where he got there quite a bit, nine times against Milwaukee, six times against Miami, but he's hitting all of his free throws. So the last four games that he played, he's shooting 92.9% from the charity stripe. Then you see him against Milwaukee. He shot 100% from the line going going there nine times. He went four of four in that first game against Indiana. He's shooting 80% on the season from the free throw line, but recently he's just been automatic since he's gone there. And I think that's huge to see as you usually kind of look at the free throw percentage and somewhat indicate that as far as how they can project as a shooter going forward. And, and he's been good at shooting. His three-point percentage on the year has been brought up to 34 since he shot pretty well recently. You got to love what you're getting from LaMelo. He's now passed Devonte Graham as the assist leader for this team. He's averaging six a game and he's not turning the ball over. Nada. Uh, I mean, the the guy really does set the tone with pace. That's something James Borrego talked about after this game against Washington, where maybe it was, uh, I I believe it was after Washington, where Borrego is talking about Gordon Hayward. The difference in him is, you know, he's, nobody can speed him up. You know, Gordon's going to play at his own pace. He's going to be extremely controlled. He's going to do what he wants. And LaMelo, while it might look herky-jerky at times, and maybe was at the beginning of this season, he looks more in control, but he also puts a lot of pressure on you. And Borrego mentioned how much this team needs that. Yes. You're seeing that. You're seeing him hit shots. You're seeing him of different varieties, by the way. I love the way he's finishing at the rim now, Nada. You know, that was something that I worried about with him coming into the league. He didn't do it well overseas, and you saw him kind of struggle in that area at the beginning of the season. But, you know, for the last, I don't know, however many games, he's been finishing really well. And what I really like, I I keep rambling uh, about LaMelo, but what I also really like is when you see LaMelo get to the paint, you could see him at the beginning, you know, kind of try to fit the basketball in places where it's kind of there, but it's just not quite there. And eventually it would be a turnover or it would be a pass that gets deflected and maybe even picked up by his own teammates. But now he's making decisions late when he's up in the air, but he's also able to make the right decision. He's also able to hit shots when he's hanging in the air a little bit better and, and finding out what the right decision is right at the last second. It's been impressive to see him figure out the game as the season has gone on. 
and I, I love him. Nada. Like, I how can you him. not? He's been, he's been so much fun. I don't blame you. The one big thing that I've noticed for him is that he knows how to pick his spots better now. And that's something yeah. that, like you said, when he goes to the bucket, he's making more. Like, I just remember him going to the bucket against, I forgot who it was. It might have been Ra- Raul Neto. And he would, again, he's like, okay, I got the small guy on me. I'm just going to go right over it. And the that's I think that's the one thing that surprises me the most. I knew he was going to be one of those folks that were um, that was super intelligent in terms of basketball IQ. I didn't think he was going to be this basketball savvy, this ready right now. He's got like two, three year vet knowledge of this game, and for some reason, I just completely slept on that aspect of it. Yeah, uh, he's a lot of fun to watch right now, and he certainly is in a groove even more so than what he was when he gave us some good basketball earlier this season. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now you may have read about this in the New York Times, in Style Magazine, or in Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. We continue to look at the other Charlotte Hornets, what they did this weekend, and the game tonight against Houston. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time. And I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked on Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts so you can start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your pods. And by the way, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust when it comes to sports betting online, that's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, it's your online sports book experts. Nada just telling me as we were having that little break in between. Some good news for the Charlotte Hornets. We already knew that Christian Wood was going to be out after suffering an injury that's going to keep him out for a while so we knew their leading score christian wood by the way he is going to be out of this game for sure but now just 10 minutes ago as of this recording we found out john wall and eric gordon um both of them as well as christian wood are going to be out for this game against the charlotte hornets second night of a back-to-back hornets not going against really any of the best players for the rockets good news for them not it looks like they could get another win tonight after getting one against washington Let's be honest here. This is a no-excuses game. This has become one of those games. After what we saw this weekend, 
where you cannot lose this game. I'm sorry. This is a game where you have to win. This is where you show you're one of the best 10 teams in the East. As I think we know now that you handle business, you win this game, and you move on. Because if you lose this game, you're going to have to tell me when the next win comes. Because I don't see it for a little bit. This schedule gets kind of brutal kind of quick. Yeah, and and like, you brought something up, too, before we started recording, Nada. The Charlotte Hornets took care of a bad basketball team when they played the Washington Wizards. We all know from yes. watching the Hornets that they play down or up to the level of their competition so frequently. I mean, they were carrying out that same mantra for much of the start of this season. So you go back to the earlier part. You eventually lose to the Chicago Bulls. You lose by 13. You beat Orlando just by three points, and then you lose by nine the next game, the second game of that series. And two of the last three games that you had played to that point, you lost against bad basketball teams because they played down to the level of their competition. Well, then they play up. They lose to the Pacers by 10, but then they beat Indiana by three. They beat the Bucks by 12, and then they beat the Miami Heat by eight when they went to overtime. And then you lose to Philadelphia. You lose to the Jazz. Okay, that's understandable. But this win against the Wizards, it was nice to see them actually come in and take advantage of a team that has no business beating Charlotte. They, they hung around offensively yeah. after the first quarter. They were only down four. And then the second quarter happened and Charlotte really started to separate themselves and they never took their foot off of the gas. You certainly love seeing that from Charlotte and you're hoping to see that more consistently beat the teams that you're clearly better than, or at least, you know, majority of people would think you're better than. And uh, then you can start to feel good about this team every single game that they play. I, it's not even about feeling good about this team every time they play because you generally have an idea at this point we're 20, 24 games in. We're basically a third into the season. We know what this team is and what this team isn't right now. We know that if the team has a functional big man that might be scraping all-star caliber, they're generally going to lose that game. If they have a cent if the team doesn't have a big man worth a damn, then we also know that the Hornets have a decent shot at When this you game. talk about a big man flirting with an all-star appearance, are you talking about the Godzeller? How about that performance against Washington? You think he qualifies for that same thing you're talking about, Nada? No. No. <laughs> no. Like it, here's the thing. That first quarter, and if we're honest about this, that first quarter was just an indictment on Alex Len and his ability to not play basketball. <laughs> Washington was a corpse. Mm -hmm. It was a dead corpse. It was a dead, lifeless corpse on, on, on defense. The, I, I knew that this team was bad on defense. I did not expect Washington to basically say, yo, here's the paint. Well, you look at their box score, Bradley Beal, after having a dreadful game, the contest before he has a good one. I mean, he scores 31 points and he shot 50% from yes. the field um, and he hit two field goals immediately upon starting this game. Everybody else besides Robin Lopez in the first quarter, everybody else was bad. I mean, the Washington Wizards, Very you bad. look at their stat line, they had three starters for them score five points or less. And Russell Westbrook, he shot the ball nine times. He only made four field goals. He missed all of his three pointers. He missed four free throws that he took. Nada. I mean, Russell Westbrook also had five turnovers. I, that That's a guy that I think a lot of people thought, okay, maybe Washington is one of these teams that can scrape the bottom of the barrel when it comes to playoff teams or play in teams. And they're not playing like that right now, five and 15 on the no. year. And again, can we talk about uh, can we talk about um, Robin Lopez's 
offensive game where basically <laughs> what he does is he spins around like a dog looking for the right spot in the sun that's coming through the window. And then eventually he picks a spot and says, all right, I'm going to hook shot now. And it went in, you know, to his credit. <laughs> so Multiple times. The, the hook shot went Multiple in. It was, it was working for him for a while. Um, but that's his offensive game. And, and you had some shots made by Neto and that was it. I, well, what a, what a bad team Washington is showing themselves to be. Yeah. Like literally it's funny because you know what? Washington is the team that everybody expected the Hornets to be this year, including me. I will admit this. We thought that bad, really? The I did think they were going to be that. I, I thought that this team was young. It was a short preseason, a short turnaround, this, that, and the third. And get, the Hornets were going to be in trouble. I was wrong about that. I was grossly <laughs> wrong. Washington. I thought Washington was going to score a whole bunch of points and not be able to defend or defend just enough to win them some games. Look, that's the Hornets. I've just described the Hornets to you. Like, there's a lot of this that doesn't make sense. But you know what Robin Lopez is? Robin Lopez is that bowler. Like, and again, we've all go, gone bowling with that friend. And he's got these herky-jerky motion. But you know what it does? It gets strikes every time. And it's not even affected by alcohol. It just <laughs> means the, the release gets herkier and jerkier. And he still gets a strike. He bowls like 280, 290. You hate the guy, but he's you make sure he's on your team when it comes time to Are you play. a good bowler, Nada? Like, that's what Are you a good bowler? Oh, hell You're not? Absolutely. Man, I, I, I can roll that thing a little bit. I can bowl at least to some degree. I miss bowling, though, man. I, I, I love bowling. I don't know if that's nerdy of me to mention, but no, I, I'm no, a huge not. bowling no. fan. Like, like, that's the thing. Like, we're talking, again, you talk about bowling, like, it goes back to, like, having the touch tune. Now, granted, a lot of people spend a lot of money on touch tunes when they're in, like, places like 10 Park Lanes, it's that in the third. I've not been known to spend up to $50 to make sure I control the PA system. <laughs> to make sure I get the songs I want to hear when I'm bowling. And again, it's some, some people complain like, oh, this song again? Yes, this song again. I'm controlling it. I play the mic. Again, I got control of the um, So, Do you spin the ball yeah. when you roll it? Oh, you don't no. do that? Oh, no, oh, man. You got to spin no. it. If you don't spin it, then I'm already raising an eyebrow at you. I, I, I can spin it a little bit. And I don't know how much I average anymore. I just know that I miss the bowling alley. I want to go back. That's one of the bigger things. I, I, I miss a lot of things. Yeah. Again, that especially because, again, that was one of those times you have a couple of brews with your friends. You go, you bowl, and that would be it. Uh, like uh, We need to go do that. We need to have a lockdown Hornets bowling party when the pandemic ends and we can see how, how good everybody is at the bowling alley. I'll tell you what, uh, what else is awesome, but we can experience that right now. Pandemic or no pandemic, it's Built Bar. I have been saving my favorite flavors until the end of the box. I'm running out. I'm going to have to get another box at Built Bar. Wait, you didn't get the no, new box well, with the coconut with the coconut oh, brownie? Oh, I didn't. I don't oh, know if I did get brother. that. Am I gonna? Ha I haven't checked brother. my mail in a couple of days, so maybe I did. Oh, you need I've to. It's probably. I've there. saved the peanut butter chocolate bar and I saved the double chocolate bar as the last two ones. And I ate the peanut butter chocolate bar today, and it was as glorious as I thought it would be. But that's not the only flavor that's good. I enjoyed caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. Those are the six new flavors. They have the twelve original that are fantastic too, and they're great for the health conscious guy. You don't have to feel bad after eating one thinking that uh, you don't have to have any guilt by eating one because they have low amount of calories, anywhere from 130 to about 180, and they have plenty of grams of protein. And when you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. 
Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We take some more looks at the game tonight. Also try to uh, clean up some of the leftover takes from the Hornets that we saw perform this past weekend. That's coming up in the last segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, <laughs> a radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar <laughs> of all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Catawba uh, County. Could put so, him on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets 2020 podcast. is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more of those wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcast. So Devontae Graham, he will be out of this game tonight. LaMelo Ball, presumably. I mean, I can't imagine why he wouldn't get another start. So the interesting question becomes, when you're three back, you're, you're three-headed monster in the backcourt with Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, and Lamella Ball. When all of those guys are healthy, who gets the start in the backcourt? Because it's been Lamelo being the beneficiary of the guy who starts when Terry Rozier was out. Terry Rozier comes back, but then it's Devontae Graham who goes out, and now Lamella Ball is starting in place of Devontae Graham. So when Terry and Devontae are both starting. That will be interesting to see when LaMelo, if LaMelo continues to start. I know we kind of talked about that at the beginning um, already, but. Yeah, well, I think like Walker, when we talk about this, I think is I think it has to be Devontae at this point. Like I thought about it. You mean like Devontae and Terry like, starting? You can't. You're you're saying no, LaMelo no, and Devontae. No, no, I was going to no, no. say, are we flipping Look, again? No, 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 <laughs> no, we're not flipping. No, 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 not, not even LaMelo and Devontae. I think it's going to have to be LaMelo and Terry. I think. It's Devonte to the bench. Now, the question that I have is, if you make this move, if you're James Borrego, how are you going to keep Devonte Graham engaged? And how are you going to make sure? Sh- because at this point, and this is going to sound kind of hot takey, and I've been working on this, <laughs> but I'm not sure that you can bench te- Devonte Graham and expect to keep him. Well, then you don't, right? I mean, if you want to keep him, like, then, I think- and, and Terry is somebody that's locked in. I, and I I don't know if Terry is somebody that would like to go to the bench because of what he's had to adapt to so far. If it's best for the team, then I'd hope he'd be receptive to it. And eventually it's all about well, your... How much are you going to ask that dude to sacrifice? I think that's my issue with it. Like, how much are you asking Terry Rozier to sacrifice his game when he's done a lot of sacrificing and more importantly it's taking him from a backup point guard role like it's taking him from one role to a backup point guard role which we find out probably isn't his strong well and when you think about Devontae and Lamelo, you got a lot of playmaking on the court with between those guys T- terry's not the playmaker he's he's the worst of the four guys in the backcourt that are um that are getting any run right now when it comes to yeah. playmaking right i mean Terry's also the best shooter uh, of any of those four guys. Malik is as hot as hell right now, but Terry's been doing this for a year and a half. The guy has become awesome shooting from the perimeter. So, you know, it, it's okay. What do you want to go with? Do you want to go with better decision-making with Devonte? even then still a better shot selection that you get from Devonte, even if he has gone with some severe cold spells 
the last couple of seasons, but you also have great ball movement. And, you know, it's, it's not like Terry is a better defender than Devonte Graham is, but Terry is the more reliable shooter who can explode offensively better than what Devonte has shown. And so that's what James Borrego is going to have to try to figure out. And even then you can go to all three of those guys in a lineup, and especially with Borrego. When he draws up plays, he likes to look for Terry to try to get him some open looks from three. And so, you know, it, it's going to look, it's a good problem to have, right? Like the fact that LaMelo can come in and he's awesome. He, he's getting 30 minutes a game, which is excellent. And you can figure out what kind of combination you want between, okay, do we just want to go all playmaking and better decision-making? Do we want to go with Terry, who is a sniper from deep? Uh, you've got some different combinations there. And then, of course, Malik can come in off of the bench and help you out in the backcourt as well. Like that, that's, I think that's the other thing, because the one thing I did worry about watching the Washington game was the fact that once LaMelo got off the, off the floor, there was real, really no ball distributor. Now, granted... Malik's pretty decent at it. Terry tried to sacrifice a little bit of his game initially to do that too. But there's no real floor general on that second unit. That's a like it's Washington's not good enough to take advantage of that problem. There might be some other teams that will down the line if that's like let's say Devontae doesn't play against San Antonio and I don't expect him to play against San Antonio. But let's say for argument's sake he doesn't. That second unit is going to take advantage of that lack of playmaking on that second unit. So it it's kind of has to be Devonte, but like I just like I said, I wonder what else that sets in motion and whether you might or might not have to trade Devonte because then you've you've kind of made your decision. You have to move on, and Devonte's got no reason to trust you, and he's going to want to start somewhere. And I wouldn't blame him. He's earned that. Right. Um, one thing I want to talk about too is PJ Washington, who he went down with an injury, and he hasn't shot well at all the last two games. Um, now, granted, the last two games he played, one was against Washington on Saturday, and the other one before that, it was last Monday, so a week ago against Miami and he's a combined four of 19 from the field in both of those games. He went one of seven against Washington. I'm hoping it's all injury related as to why he struggled so much in the last two. I don't know how much you can say that against Miami because he left that game. Um, I'm, I'm hoping this doesn't continue because now that we saw PJ improve quite a bit as the season went on, he started to get in shape. He started to hit his two point field goals a little bit more. The three point percentage. I mean, you still look at it on the end of the year, you know, now it's 33.3%, which isn't good. Um, but wow. you know, even before the game, before the game that he got hurt against Miami, he went three of four in that second one against the Pacers and he went two of two against Milwaukee. So you clearly still trust him. I just hope that he's able to get back on track coming back after this injury, because it seemed like after a slow start, he had started to figure some things out again. You know what the, you know what his, you know what his season's honestly reminding me of? It's reminding me of Malik, uh, not, not Malik season, but, uh, Miles Bridges season last year where it was just a really slow start. And it's that point in time where the league has got enough tape on you to where they can figure you out, and now you have to come up with your counter moves. PJ's in the process of finding out those counter moves. We just got to give him time. I, honestly, at this point with PJ, and it's, it's funny because my father complains about PJ all the time, and I continue to tell him this. Anything he gives you, per se, for at least me right for right now, anything he gives you in the first half of the season is bonus. I start really holding him accountable when it comes to the second half of the season. 
if he performs like I think he did, just like Miles did when he figured it out, when the light bulb came on for him, and the light bulbs never really come off for Miles Bridges either. Like, at some point, the light bulb's going to come on. I'm expecting it in the second half of well, the season. And it's okay for PJ for right now not to not to fully. Well, I mean, with, with PJ for me, I think so much of the struggles that he's had, it's just been shot making a lot more, especially as the season's gone on. And that's why I kind of avoid getting too worried about PJ. And that When it's shot making, when shots just aren't falling, then, yeah, I mean, you can look if it's as severe as Devonte, then there's a real problem, right? Like that. I think yes. that's different because, again, we've seen that from Devonte before that, that I thought that was always misleading when people were saying, hey, this is only this year that we're seeing this from Devonte. Don't look at it. I was like, no, we saw this a lot last year after the first hot start. And it was a prolonged, really cold drought for Devonte, And that's what really worried me about him. If PJ, you know, if this continues on and on, then okay, then I'm going to be worried about it. But he even kind of stopped the bleeding at some point this season when he got off to that slow start where he started to be, you know, become better offensively. You're looking at a stretch um, from that second game against Atlanta to the game against Chicago where he was scoring at least 13 points or more in all of those games and he was shooting better. And then, you know, even had the 18 and 19 point games against Indiana, both against Indiana. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a little roller coastery right now for PJ. You're, you're hoping for some, uh, some consistency from him and a shot making, but yeah, you know, his shot making is, is it's come and gone. I mean, Hell, yeah. when you're talking about the two point, he was just automatic in the paint for um, a few games where I mean, hook shots over his left shoulder. They were just, I mean, they weren't rolling around the rim at all. They were going right in. I, I just, yeah, you hope to see some consistency from PJ as we go on for sure. All right, that'll do it for the Lockdown Hornets podcast today. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, thanks again to 1010 and Blue Nile for supporting the show as well as you guys. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.